Hey y'all, and welcome to The Podluck, serving up bite-sized tastes of the best theology. I'm your host, Megan Westra. Grab a plate and let's dig in. Welcome back to The Podluck. I'm your host, Megan Westra. We're here in the preseason for season one, which is answering the question, what does it mean to be saved? Not definitively answering it anyway, just looking at different ways that 10 different people hold that question. So before we get into those 10 different perspectives on what does it mean to be saved, I'm giving you a toolbox of ways to ground yourself in the conversation. This isn't exhaustive and it's not meant to be, but it's meant to be something that you can take as a a springboard or kind of a, a mental note to hold in the back of your mind as you listen to the regular season coming up. So, so far, we've been talking about atonement theories. We've done two of the major theories, PSA, and which is penal substitutionary atonement theory, not public service announcement, and then Christus Victor. Uh, This time, we're going to talk about a maybe lesser known atonement theory, at least in the U.S. context. Uh, Christus Victor has been making uh, a a surge in post-evangelical populations and maybe more um, progressive Christian circles, for lack of better labels. Penal substitutionary atonement, PSA, is what most evangelicals would would talk about. Um, so today we're going to move away from, from those two major ones um, that kind of capture the conversation in a lot of Christian spheres, at least in the United States. And we're going to look at the moral exemplar theory of atonement. Now, this is one that I didn't encounter until I got to seminary. So if you've never heard of it before, you're in good company. So moral exemplar is this theory that uh, it's Jesus's witness of God's immense love, the embodiment of God's immense love that saves us, that Christ is our example, right? That in Jesus's love expressed in his suffering, um, that we are freed from our sin. That God doesn't save us in fear, but in love, which seems deeply biblical, right? Perfect love drives out fear. Uh, Jesus's whole life in the moral exemplar theory is the work of redemption, not just what Jesus does on the cross in his death. Jesus's life of love is intended to draw us in love back to him. And by loving him, we are saved, Uh, which loving Christ in this instance means having the mind of Christ, embodying the love that Jesus showed toward us. So in some ways, it would be a reduction for sure, but it would be fair to like just try to gra- grasp this by saying that the WWJD movement of the 90s, like those wristbands that everybody was wearing, the little like woven fabric ones, if you were around for that, um, I had like 12 and had this massive uh, chunk of wristbands on my arm at all times. It was a moment. It was a real moment. But anyway, WWJD would be a way to, again, it's reductive, but a way to try to understand moral exemplar. You know, what would Jesus do? Because I have been loved by Jesus and borne witness to the love of Jesus, I then 
follow Jesus in that love, right? At its best, that's what that movement was talking about. I don't think it always did that, but that was the, you know, if we're going to give it the benefit of the doubt, of the doubt, WWJD would have called us into expressing the love of Christ. So where does moral exemplar come from? There's a really long history of this theory in the life of the church, uh, just like Christus Victor. It's a really, really old way of thinking about atonement. Uh, Clement of Rome and St. Ignatius were both proponents of this theory, as was St. Augustine, who's a little bit more well-known than either Clement or or Ignatius, and also like full disclosure, I don't really like Augustine. Um, I think he's really problematic in some ways. But also, Augustine was like, yes, Jesus is our moral example. Yes, like because of Jesus's love, uh, we experience freedom and liberation and salvation and are invited to follow him in that love. But the best example of moral exemplar comes to us from a guy named Peter Abelard, who uh, was a medieval theologian, uh, lived from 1079 to 1142, And Abelard lays out his take on the moral exemplar theory in his exposition of the epistle to the Romans. So he takes the book of Romans, which within a United States evangelical context often is used to support PSA in some major ways, right? The wages of sin is death and all things like that. But he takes the book of Romans and uses Romans as a way of explaining how Christ is our example and how radical the love of God is, which, you know, neither height nor depth nor angels nor demons nor powers nor anything present or future shall separate us from the love of God. That's also in Romans. So Abelard does probably the most in church history, uh, at least that I've encountered, um, to support this theory and to flesh it out. So he does most of this in his epistle to the Romans, his exposition on Romans. Uh, But there's other places in scripture that support this theory as well. Uh, In some ways, it follows the bigger trajectory of scripture, just like Christus Victor does. You know, following the trajectory from the Hebrew scriptures, the law, the prophets, uh, God is constantly calling God's people back into right relationship with God, right? That this is to be a people through whom the whole world is to be blessed. That's the promise that God made to Abraham. And when the people inevitably miss the mark or mess it up or lose the path, whatever language we want to use for that, the prophets come and they call the people back toward justice and equity and an embodiment of this love that God has for humanity. And so moral exemplar continues on this trajectory saying that Christ came and showed us what this looks like most perfectly, right? Because uh, if we hold the the view of the incarnation that has typically been thought of as the orthodox position, then it's like, well, God became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what the first chapter of the, the gospel of John says. And so in doing so shows us the most perfect way. Uh, there's a really great kids book called Jesus Showed Us. And I really, um, I think that's a really great way to start to explain something like this to kids. And it helps me understand it too. Um, I can put the link to that book in the show notes. I don't remember off the top of my head who wrote it, but it's a really good book. Um, Other places that we see it in scripture more specifically than in the book of Romans broadly with Abelard or in the trajectory of the whole of scripture 
Uh, John 15, 13, the greater love has no person than this, that they lay down their life for their friends, right? That this love that sacrifices is exemplary. It, it calls us into something bigger. First uh, John, John 4, where it talks about, the author of that epistle talks about how we love because Christ first loved us and gave himself up for us. There's something going on when we truly start to grasp the depth and the breadth and the astounding nature of the love of God that should draw us and compel us to action. Think about even in our relationships with one another, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship or a parent-child relationship or an aunt, uncle, niece, nephew relationship, any relationship where we have a deep level of love for another person. Oftentimes it's in receiving that love and being the 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 beloved one, right? That then demands something of us or not in a coercive way, but just because you have loved me so well, my life is different, right? Uh, I think it's Cornell West, right? Who said that I am who I am because somebody loved me. And that's true for so many of us. If I asked you about who are the people who have loved you to life, who are the people who have walked alongside you that changed your life just because they they loved you, because of the relationship they had with you, you could probably list them off. And so Moral Exemplar kind of picks up on that theme in a much bigger, broader, cosmic way. But to say that because of Jesus' love for us and for the world, uh, that we are different because we have been loved. So that is a nutshell version of Moral Exemplar Theory. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Podlock. To make sure that you never miss an episode, make sure that you've subscribed on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To make the Podlock more visible to others, please take a moment to rate and review as this helps other people find out about the Podlock. Share episodes, join the conversation, or share your thoughts on social media using at Podluck Podcast on Twitter or at the Podluck Podcast on Instagram. To support the Podluck, please visit our Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month, you get access to a Slack channel where we'll discuss this and other episodes. And I'll be in there too, offering more extensive thoughts or answering any questions or concerns you may have. If you have more than a dollar a month to throw at this, then at the end of the season, I'll send you some goodies as well. This has been The Podluck. I'm your host, Megan Westra. Next time, we'll be dishing it up on the theosis understanding of atonement. Atonement.